Star Wars 7x7, episode 3163. The Apostate is chapter 17 of The Mandalorian, or season 3, episode 1, if you will. There's a lot of good stuff and a lot of confusing stuff in this episode, so we're going to break it down for you here. Punch it! Hey Rebel Razor, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy. And thank you so much for joining me for it. So we're taking a look at The Apostate, Chapter 17 of The Mandalorian. It's setting up the events of Season 3, but doing so in a rather visible way, if you will. What we saw with Season 2, that first episode established that The Mandalorian was trying to find more Mandalorians of his kind and it sent him on a mission to Tatooine. And for season three, we've set up not one, not two, not three, but four different missions all in one go. One of them has to do with the Mandalorian seeking a return to the covert by getting to the mines of Mandalore and the living waters underneath. The second one has to do with Grief Karga and him dealing with pirates on Navarro. The third one has to do with whatever the Mandalorian's going to have to do to be able to get IG-11 up and running again. Oh, by the way, this is a full spoiler review. <laughs> <laughs> in case you hadn't figured that out already. And the fourth thing has to do with Bo-Katan and her story. That's a lot of story arcs to set up in one episode, to be sure. On top of that, this episode also takes on the job of reestablishing where we are in the story during the story. Specifically, we learn that the Mandalorian Covert that had previously been on Navarro now has a new home, although we don't know the name or location of that home just yet. We learn that Navarro is continuing to grow under the guidance of Grief Karga from what we saw in Chapter 12, The Siege, in Season 2. We learn the fate of a couple of characters, that Cara Dune is now part of Special Forces for the New Republic, that she was recruited for that after turning in Moff Gideon, and that Moff Gideon is facing a New Republic War Tribunal. And we also find out that once Bo-Katan returned to her Mandalorians without the Darksaber after the events of Season 2, that they all abandoned her and now they took her fleet and they're off being mercenaries. So right out of the gate, the creators of The Mandalorian have set up a lot of things for us to chew on. Unfortunately, there are a couple of things that just aren't really clear in the process. For example, the fact that The Mandalorian goes back to Navarro with the idea of restoring IG-11 and the way that that plays out is actually, oh gosh, you know, I'm going here, so I'm going here, okay? IG-11 had a self-destruct and it was in his chest. So when Grief Karga talks about them recovering certain parts of IG-11, nothing with his chest should have been salvageable. And for that matter, like the neural harness that Quill worked on to turn him into a nanny robot, that should have been utterly destroyed. And in fact, IG-11 basically kind of gives us the idea that that's what's supposed to happen when he tries to self-destruct way back <laughs> in the very beginning because he says he's not supposed to be taken alive, like his manufacturers don't want that. The idea behind that would be that his technology is not supposed to be recovered. It is supposed to be destroyed in a way that cannot be utilized by anyone. So it doesn't really make any sense that they are able to even take a shot at reassembling him, although it does certainly provide for a great comedic and dramatic moment with him <laughs> turning on and being back to his bounty hunter self, crawling around Grief Karga's office, having to yeet... <laughs> 
<laughs> Grogu from the Mandalorian to Grief Karga in order to keep him safe, and then the droid knocking the bust of Grief Karga on Grief Karga, excuse me, onto IG-11 to knock him out and complete with a dad joke. Now that's using your head pun. Oh boy. So Grief Karga recommends Droid Smiths on Navarro, which turned out to be the Anzellans that we saw in the teasers and trailers and whatnot, which is fabulous. And by the way, all voiced by Shirley Henderson, who voiced Babu Frick in The Rise of Skywalker, so that's very cool. But even they're not able to fix him, and there's another comedic moment with Grogu grabbing one of the Anzellans as a little squeeze toy, and then after being separated, just tries to go after one again, which is super funny. But apparently there's a part that the Anzellans would need in order to get IG-11 working again, so the Mandalorian's gonna go get it. The reason why the Mandalorian was going to do this in the first place was because he said he needed a droid he could trust to go to explore Mandalore, and yet he seems to abandon that idea by going to visit Bo-Katan and saying, hey, I'm ready to join up with you. I mean, even if she had said yes, would he have been like, okay, great, first I gotta go get this droid part and then I'll be right back. Which is supposed to be rather difficult to find anyway, so yeah, it's gonna be a problem. And on top of that, we've already established that the Children of the Watch and Bo-Katan's folks do not see eye to eye in terms of you know, Mandalorian history and politics and whatnot, and Bo-Katan sees the Mandalorian and his Children of the Watch as people who abandoned Mandalore. So why would they even partner on anything to begin with? Not to mention the fact that Bo is still seething mad that the Mandalorian got the Darksaber instead of her, and so she's just checked out of this whole situation as far as we can tell. So yeah, the IG-11 repair story and the appeal to Bo-Katan don't seem to make sense just yet, and I'm hoping that we get a little more information as the series goes on that makes it seem a little bit more you know, believable, sensible, and where it all fits in the story. That being said, the rest of the episode, lots of great stuff. I mean, what a slam-bang action-packed beginning of the story. You think it's just going to be a wonderful little ceremony inducting a kid into the Children of the Watch, and then it turns into absolute monster chaos. The showdown between Grief Karga and the pirate Vane is terrific. The space battle between the Mandalorian and the pirates is fantastic. And like I was saying earlier, great comedic elements as well. So kudos to Rick Famuyiwa, who's the director of this episode. He did a fantastic job all around. I mean, this is a lot to manage in an episode, and it is very well done. So that's what I've got for you for an initial review of The Apostate, which is Season 3, Episode 1, or Chapter 17 of The Mandalorian. We will get deeper into a topic on tomorrow's episode, but for now, that is going to do it for this episode of the podcast. It just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for it, as always, and may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Star Wars 7x7 is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2021 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.